Before you listen to this episode, I want to mention two things to you. First of all, I want to give a trigger warning. This episode contains details of a birth story which may trigger people who have experienced difficult labours. So please feel free to skip this episode if that's you. The second thing is that at the time of this recording, we were in the midst of major thunderstorms, so you may hear glitches in the recording occasionally. Well, hello and welcome to this episode of More Like Him, a podcast about everyday moments with God. Today, I have the chance to introduce you all to another of my fabulous friends. Ash is a friend who I met at our previous church. And again, she's someone who I met and felt like I'd known her forever from the very first moment. She is funny. She, she's hilarious. She is real. She is kind and gentle. She's so good at just like jumping in and helping anywhere that she possibly can. She's got a beautiful servant heart, a wonderful smile, an incredible love of physical culture. Ash is a mum of three beautiful children. She's married to Jono and they live in the Blue Mountains. And currently they are, believe it or not, flooded into the Blue Mountains, which is crazy. Ash Ash is my wonderful friend who is such a great encourager and faithful prayer. And I love doing life with Ash. Hello, Ash. Hello, I feel a bit teary after hearing that. That's I need to put you on like a speaker in my ear sometimes, you know, when you're feeling really tired and horrible and just need a bit of encouragement. That was amazing. Oh, <laughs> I, love well, I love you too, Ash. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not often we say these kinds of things to each other, is it? No, <laughs> maybe we should do that more often. Yeah, like just when we introduce people at dinner parties or something. This is Ash, and let me tell you all about her in front of her. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. And I meant it all, and I am thrilled to have you here today so that people can hear a bit more about your journey with God. So, Ash, can you tell me, how did you come to know Jesus? Um, I think God has always been a part of my life in some capacity. My parents... I grew up going to a Catholic church. Um, I went to a Catholic primary school, so did all the Catholic things. And so it was ingrained in me from a young age. But it was just like knowledge at that time. Like it wasn't a heart thing at that time. And then I was in year six and mum said to me, oh, what high school do you want to go to? And for some reason, it was totally God. I said, I want to go to Penrith Anglican College. None of my friends were going there. I didn't even know what this school was. I think I just heard about it somehow Mm. from someone. And um, I was like, yeah, I want to go to that school. And mum just looked at me and she was like, oh, okay. So she went, got an interview and got me into the school. I went there with no friends. (laughs) Yeah, then began my journey towards God, I think. I, um, I had great chapel experience there. I had a great divinity teacher, George Stathios and Greg Lees. They were really big um, helpers for me at that time. So I started going to rock group at school and really became uh, invested in learning more about God for myself, not just for completing the tasks. Mm. And then... Yeah, I came to know God when I was in high school, just through school, and I really loved him. Yeah, so that's how I first came to know God. That's awesome to hear. We, we talk all the time about how 
important high school time is for kids. And for many, many Christians, that's the time where Christianity became something that they really investigated and made their own. So it's really cool to hear that school, in fact, was that time and place for you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It really was. I mean, there was a time after school where I fell away and I entered a different life stage where I was all about me. I started modeling and I was on a bit of TV and I just had a lot of opportunities come up that presented worldly ideas that I hadn't really gotten to know. And it was at that time that I felt a real hole in my heart. Like everything was great. I was traveling. I was doing all these amazing jobs but my heart was empty and it wasn't until my sister said to me, hey, why don't you come back to church? Like, why don't you come back with me? And I was like, oh, I will. And mm. I went and played this song. It's by Casting Crowns called Who Am I? And they just played it. They were showing a video and I just remember sitting there bawling my eyes out thinking, yeah, and without him filling my life. And yeah, it just changed my life from that moment. I think that was the real big moment in my life where I was like, I love Jesus. I actually do love him and I want him to navigate my life. I'm sick of doing it myself. And yeah, that was like a huge change moment for me. Mm. So that, that actually answers my second question, which was how did you need to change in your life? And it sounds like for you, you needed to let him really be the one who was guiding your decision-making and, and the path that you were to take. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I, yeah, I was doing a terrible job of navigating on my own and making choices that were, I thought were great at the time. But when you read the Bible and you really understand how you're meant to live as a Christian, I was not living that way at all. Mm. Um, making some better choices, I realized Jesus was the only one that could do that for me. So, yeah, here we are. Mm. That's awesome. And how has that continued to affect your life as a whole? Because you're now a mum, you're, you know, a few years down the track from when you were modeling and all those kinds of things. How have you found that, yeah, putting Jesus in control of your decision making has changed your life? I mean, from that moment where I did go back to church and I did hear that song and things changed, I haven't looked back. Like it's been a pretty clear path ahead of me. And getting married, I feel like putting Jesus at the centre of your marriage really does stabilise your family. When you both in your partnership, both like you don't have God at the centre, just mm-hmm. things just fall apart. And you sit there and you go, why is all this stuff happening? But it's because you're not centered on something that you should be. And when you come back to that and you find where the love comes from and you, you know, get yourself right with God, things just feel a lot better. And then you have kids and it throws another spanner in the works and Mm. you don't know what you're doing and, you know, you're sleep deprived and you've got little humans that they can't control anything they're doing either and you have to try and love them and navigate life for them. And I feel like I don't know how people do this without God because on the days where I feel hopeless, I have hope and yeah, that comes from God, not from like my husband, doesn't come from Jono, it doesn't come from my kids, it doesn't come mm. from my extended family. It comes from God and in my heart. So mm. yeah, I'm really grateful for that anchor. 
Mm. How have you seen God work through your life and your relationship with him? Like, have you got some moments you could share about particular points where you know you could see God at work? One huge moment for Jono and I was when we had our third child. So we've got two beautiful boys, Billy and Oliver, and then we were blessed with a beautiful little girl um, at the end of 2018. And she came about five weeks early Mm. um, and I just went into spontaneous labor and she, like things were going all right, but then my labor just stopped. It just, I'd labored for like nine hours or something ridiculous Mm. and it just ended and it was not a great feeling. I don't know if you've been through that before, but when it just stops, you're just like, oh, what's happening? Mm. Anyway, all of a sudden I lost a lot of blood. Things were not looking great. I was not doing well myself and they rushed us in for a cesarean. And so to cut a long story short, she was born um, in her waters, which is really amazing, via cesarean. And she Uh, had two true knots in her cord so Mm. if she had been born naturally she would have actually been a stillborn Mm. one knot is like really rare but Mm. two is even more rare and as soon as that tightens completely it cuts off oxygen to the baby so um at that time I just thought I couldn't think clearly I was not in a great headspace but um yeah, that was a really amazing thing. And I'd had what's called a bandles band around my uterus, which was, it basically is like this band that if you imagine a balloon, it's around the middle of the balloon and it just squeezes tighter and tighter and tighter until the balloon pops. Yeah. And so I was like almost at pop point with my uterus as well. Like wow. things were really bad for me, really bad for her. Um, she was really small, like two kilos. Things went great. And looking back on that time afterwards with a little bit of therapy, I can definitely see God's hand in that whole situation. That was my second cesarean. So I already know that God had saved me once but he had physically saved me again and he'd saved Adelaide's life in that moment because if the labour hadn't stopped, if, um, you know, a a lot of things that had happened didn't happen, Adelaide wouldn't be here, I wouldn't be here. And Mm. someone said to me in the hospital, I think it was a nurse, oh, you've got someone looking out for you. And I remember turning to her like in my newborn haze and all of my trauma and just saying, yeah, it was God. Yeah. (laughs) And she, I don't think she knew what to say. She was just like, yeah, cool. But I was like, no, honestly, it's only God that mm. pulled us through this moment. Um, yeah, otherwise, yeah, she wouldn't be here. I just, I still, it still blows my mind that she had two knots in her cord and that mm. if it hadn't stopped, she wouldn't be here. But mm. here we are all alive and well and everything's fine. And I can only attribute that to God's grace. And you have a daily reminder looking at your little girl of of how he can intervene in these incredible situations and incredible ways. Because I'm sure when that labor stopped, you were not thanking him. I was not at all. <laughs> I was quite frustrated and um, annoyed. And they tried to kick it off again with some synthetic stuff and it wasn't happening. And yeah, yeah, looking back on that, I'm like, yeah, because God didn't want that to happen. Mm. God knew that it needed to happen a different way. And in that 
trauma and all of the stuff that happened in that birth that I've had to work through. Mm. I feel like God has used that to teach me so much. Like he's taught me patience. He's taught me to rely on him. That was a really big moment where I understood that I'm not in control. The nurse is not in control. The doctors aren't in control. Like Mm. nobody there is in control. Yeah. God's in control. And I've had to like really understand that. Um, I think that's something he really wanted me to get. Yeah. Um, through that. So yeah, yeah, I've carried that through since then. It's been quite helpful. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is a really, really amazing moment where it is so clear. You can see, you know exactly how he intervened and worked in that situation. And, and you're right. It's so easy for us to think medicine, um, like it's so advanced now and we're incredibly blessed to live in a country where we have access to the kind of healthcare that we do, but there are still Mm. limits. There are still Mm. limits to what the healthcare system can do, but there there are no limits to what our God can do. And that's amazing. I guess like I understand how much of an impact the beautiful midwives and doctors made in that moment. And they Mm. made great decisions, but God was in every single part of that experience. Yeah. That's what makes it. Yeah. A really big moment. And for Jono too, like we've both reflected on it and just gone, God is so good. God is so amazing in something so terrible. He has shown us a way through. Yeah. That's amazing. What would you say then is your greatest joy in being a Christian? Um, My greatest joy in being a Christian is actually something that came later. So um, having children, I don't know if your kids are the same, but my kids will talk to anybody about (laughs) Jesus. Yeah. I find so much joy in that because it's so innocent and it's so pure And it really, like if I was to have a conversation with someone about that stuff, it would Mm. go very differently to what it does with my children. Um, So, for example, I have family members who don't go to church or anything. They would say that they're Christians, but Billy's like, are you really? (laughs) And he'll just go up and say to them, oh, do you love Jesus? Mm. Do you love, like to my parents, do you love, to my mum, do you love Jesus more than Poppy? (laughs) he kind of said like well we've told them the truth like you must love god first to understand how to love everybody else in your life Mm. um and to grapple with that as a little kid must be really hard but yeah (laughs) billy's really taken that on he's like oh who do you love most (laughs) yeah um but yeah just just the things they say and the way they say it you know some people would usually give you like a you know a dismissive answer, but with a child, they they engage, and mm. I find that really powerful and really joyful to watch um, in my children. Yeah, it is certainly hugely um, encouraging uh, to watch the way that your little ones will echo the things that you're teaching them in in, in a very innocent way. You're right, in such an innocent way. You know, uh, I remember, I remember having a conversation with our um, eldest about how God makes everyone different, and mm-hmm. so then she translates that to, "Oh, that's right." She walked up to someone who we know very well, thankfully, and said, mm-hmm. uh, "You know, isn't it great that God made everyone different? Like He made you fat, and He made me thin." And I was like, <laughs> "Um." 
<laughs> so we had another conversation after that, but, but the person fortunately was able to respond with, you are so right. God has made us all different and he's made us all wonderfully. And I was yep. like, I'm yep. sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, goodness. And she but meant it genuinely. There was no yeah. sense of sarcasm or anything in, in our elders when she said it. But yeah. It in just a, comes from the heart. Yep. It, it does. Yep. Do you have a favorite verse or a phrase that you lean on when things are hard or just that you carry with everywhere? I do. It's from Philippians. It's a, probably a very common answer, but it's something that I have used through every stage of my Christian journey. It is, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's from Philippians 4 verse 13. And I have often, you know, when the going gets tough, tough and you feel like you're rowing uphill mm. um I just think no I can do this and I can do it not because of me I can do it because I have the strength of God behind me and there have been lots of moments in my life where I felt like even a COVID lockdown hey mm. super hard with children and there were plenty of moments in that time where I've just thought nope I can do this God is giving me the strength I will I can do this mm. um, with him and yeah, it's a good reminder to my heart as well that I'm not alone in it and that when things are really hard, that I have someone there giving me strength. So yeah, Absolutely. I've taken that throughout my whole, my whole walk has mm. been, that has been a verse that's hit me. Yeah. That's definitely been one of my favorite verses as well. Particularly mm. in high school, I think that was one that I really held tight to. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. If you were going to give one piece of encouragement to someone who doesn't know Jesus yet, what would it be? Uh, I think there's a lot of people searching now. I think, you know, we're currently in, we're still in a pandemic. We have got floods going on. We've got a war in the Ukraine. We've got, you know, so many things where people are put in situations where they're constantly searching. They're searching for hope. They're searching for help. They're searching for love, Mm. security, safety. And I feel like if you're searching, if you're a person that doesn't know Jesus and you're searching and you're struggling, turn to a friend that's a Christian, walk into your local church, read the Bible, read something uh, like a devotion or something. Or a lot of people are into, you know, self-help books and reading like little snippets every day of affirmations. Why don't you change that? to a biblical based one and Mm. get some hope from there. Ask the questions. Um, I've had people say to me, Oh, you know, God is just this mythical, you know, thing. I'm like, well, Jesus existed. Look through history. You will find him. He's there. Mm. He's not a person that walked this earth. So do some research, search for those answers because he's there. He's ready for you. He's just waiting for you. So yeah, give him your hand. I'm often reminded um, as people talk about, you know, Jesus being a figment of people's imagination or, you know, fictional character of something I read. I think it was from Lee Strobel's book, uh, The Case for Christ. And Mm -hmm. He talks about how there's actually more historically based evidence of Jesus existing as a real person than there is for Caesar existing. And yet no one, no one doubts it. Like his face might be on a coin and they might have some of those coins, but there is more evidence that Jesus lived. It's amazing, isn't it? 
crazy. So what I'm hearing you say though, is if you're looking for answers, keep looking and try looking in the Bible. Yep. Keep searching. He's there. Yeah, he definitely is. How would you say, Ash, that God has worked in your life to make you more like him? Oh, often I look at myself in the mirror and I, I think I am terrible. You know, those days where you're trying to be a mum, yeah, all the kids are at you and you just feel like you've failed everything. Yeah, I have many of those moments, especially during this pandemic. But I think through it all and all of the little arguments you have with your immediate family members when you're locked down, I feel like God has taught me to be a more patient, loving, calm and kind person. Even when you feel like, you know, you've reached that limit and more, I feel like I just have to pray or, you know, or one of my kids, if I'm not at that point where I can do that, I'm like, mom, you need to pray. And I'm like, oh yeah, I do. Yes. I need to calm down and I need to talk to God because I'm losing it. And I feel like that's something that God has um, helped me with and taught me. So praying, he's, he's helped shape me to be a more prayerful person. Um, he's shaped me to be a more kind and patient person. And he has helped me be a more honest person. I feel like honest with sharing him with others. When you mm. feel it's scared to do that, I'm not as scared anymore and I'm more honest. So when like someone previously years ago would have said, oh, where are you off to? And Jono and I were involved in like Bible stu- running Bible studies and youth group and different things at church. And I'd sometimes be embarrassed and I'd be like, oh, I'm just going out with some friends. I'm going to Bible study. But yeah, I'm like, oh, I'm going. Whereas now I'm like, no, I'm going to Bible study. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm going to hang out with my girlfriends and talk about God. Or, you know, I feel like he's made me a more honest person. So, yeah, I'm really thankful to God for all of the things that he's yeah. turned me into. There's plenty That's- more to come. <laughs> <laughs> well, isn't there always, you know, it's a, <laughs> it's totally, we don't stop learning. We just don't stop learning. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think, Anyone who's listening, Ash, can totally relate to that and how there's fresh challenges, fresh ways you need to apply patience or kindness or prayerfulness in, in different seasons of life and you just have to keep, keep working on it, right? Yeah, I love the imagery of him moulding me as well. Like I'm yeah. just this play and he's just turning me into this different thing and I love that. I love that he's always working on me, hopefully making me a better person. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he totally is because God is able, right? God is able in ways that we can't change ourselves. Well, I'm very thankful for the woman that God has made you to be, Ash. And I'm very thankful as well for your honesty because as you share about how the reality of your life is going and how God's working or how you're asking God to work, it encourages me because I face the same things. I face moments where I feel like I'm failing and, uh, and God is stepping into that, the breach, I guess. God is doing the things that I know I can't do. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, yeah. thank you for sharing with us in this episode. I hope that as you've been listening, many of us, high school was a long time ago, but again, I've been encouraged today about 
what a critical time in people's life that is and how many people are impacted by God in that particular stage of life. So for me, I'm feeling like I want to encourage people who are involved in high school ministry, youth ministry at the moment. And I'm feeling like I want to be praying about that season in life that my kids aren't there yet, but I want to pray about that for them. And I hope as well you've been encouraged as we've heard about how God's continued to work in Asha's life in huge moments, like in Adelaide's birth and in other moments too, like the reality of being married or being in lockdown or in her learning to be patient and continuing to be patient and growing in kindness and honesty. What a great encouragement to hear how God is at work in this beautiful lady's life. Thank you again, Ash, for sharing with us today. Oh, thanks for having me. Such an honor. You're the best, Katie. Thank you, Ash. (laughs) Until next time, thanks for listening and take care.